we all really need to advocate for ourselves and make sure that we are taking the time to take care of ourselves. It's about taking care of yourself and taking care of your baby. This episode of ScopeMD focuses on the importance of breastfeeding and highlights the challenges women face when trying to pump at work. Dr. Shelley Shallot, pediatrician and medical director of the newborn nursery at OSF St. Francis Medical Center in Peoria, Illinois, will summarize the barriers to breastfeeding. Rachel, a healthcare worker and mother of two, further outlines the challenges she faces while trying to pump in the hospital setting. Dr. Shallot, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'd like to just start our conversation out by asking, why is breastfeeding an important topic to discuss right now? We know the importance of breastfeeding for moms and babies from a health perspective, from a monetary perspective, and just from a public health perspective for the future of our children. And I think this COVID-19 outbreak has brought it to the forefront for many reasons. We've been anecdotally hearing issues of runs on formula similar to toilet paper. We've also had families with issues, they have transportation issues, getting family members to even take them to the store. So I think we're seeing issues with formula supply and cost. And we know breast milk is free. It's in your home. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to leave your house. Just out of curiosity, how expensive is formula? Formula is about $2,000 per year. So the math on that is, I think, somewhere around $160 a month. That is for your basic formula. Uh, Now, if some babies have either issues with the basic formula or perception of issues with basic formula. So it can actually be twice as expensive of that as that if you need a specialized formula. So how important is the role of the hospital maternity care in determining how successful a new mother is at breastfeeding? I think it's invaluable. We have recognized through, we've been doing some work on trying to improve breastfeeding rates in our community and sort of really identify the incredibly important role of a mom pre-pregnancy, her community, and then her uh, pre-admission maternity care, if she comes into the hospital planning to breastfeed, she will be much more successful in succeeding in her goals than if she comes in sort of apathetic, neutral, and obviously definitely negative. So the time to educate moms on the benefits of breastfeeding is prenatally through through their community, their OBs, their their entire family. So, So coming in, uh, and there are many curriculums out there like uh, that can help OBs teach the benefits of breastfeeding to their moms. So we know that's important. Secondarily, maternity care in the hospital is of the utmost importance, too. We know that hospitals that are certified as baby-friendly with the 10 steps, they have higher breastfeeding success rates than ones that, do not, that are not certified as baby-friendly. So supporting a mom during her hospital stay with uh, a successful latch, latching in the first hour, and with the baby-friendly initiatives results in increased breastfeeding rates as well. What, in your opinion, is the key points of the 2011 Surgeon General's call to action that we should highlight right now during the COVID-19 pandemic? I think the overall impact of the Surgeon General's call to action and the fact that we have not implemented so many of the actionable items is that we are not supporting our moms at most risk to be breastfeeding. So we are unprepared to truly support our families who don't have access. So community-based organizations are particularly primed to 
be in the community and interact with our families with lack of resources. We truly have not implemented a coordinated effort to support, educate, and provide postnatal support to uh, moms with difficulty accessing resources. Access to support, like uh, lactation consultants, that was part of the call to action um, that I don't think has been implemented well. Um, I think there is you people should be educated and supported throughout their family and their community and their hospital stay, and then as well as having access to someone to help them with the difficulties they will encounter when they leave the hospital. And we have not built a strong system of lactation support for our families that's accessible and affordable. And there continues to be a strong lack of reimbursement for that. So I think one of the biggest things is is access to specialists that can help moms through their most troublesome times. Do you think now there's a, a role for telehealth? I think there is an amazing role for telehealth right now. And uh, with uh, all, most hospital systems being on an electronic medical record, it's uh, set up very well for telehealth support. I can say within our institution, we already provided some telehealth services. And with this COVID crisis, it is on hyperspeed. So they are rapidly deploying telehealth in all of their offices, uh, specialty and primary care of interest, I think, which highlights the discrepancy between the national and local support of the importance of breastfeeding is actually telehealth. My husband is an internal medicine doctor, and he runs a virtual ambulatory care program where they have virtual connectivity 24-7 with their sickest patients in outpatient primary care with iPads and support. Due to, I believe, the lack of uh, importance placed on breastfeeding and lactation in our country, our breastfeeding resource center is actually not even on our electronic medical records yet. And part of that has to do with the fact that there is, a, I think, a lack of reimbursement. We have very dedicated lactation support people, lactation consultants, and we have very dedicated leadership to lactation. But the, but the discrepancy between the virtual ambulatory care program and our lactation support group, which doesn't have the basic electronic support within a large medical system, and that's not unique to our system. But they do offer telehealth is an amazing opportunity right now, and we do have some, we do have telehealth services with our breastfeeding resource center. I also did some just online investigation, and if you have the money to pay, there are twenty four seven lactation support telehealth services privately, private businesses that people have. So it's another avenue for connectivity. Before COVID, we have a breastfeeding resource center that's open sort of standard Monday through Friday business hours and moms would come in and uh, very dedicated staff doing an excellent job. After hour support would be via our our nurses, our call nurses. Um, and that's another, actually, I think on the Surgeon General call to action, they also talk about educating you know people within the general medical system and so they don't have any specific lactation support. So it's primarily in the daytime. During this COVID response, we are telling all, we are setting up all of our discharges from the hospital with a telehealth appointment with our breastfeeding resource center. So at least they have that connectivity and they can do a virtual visit. Have you found strategies when moms come back um, for well child visits that are effective in encouraging them to continue or any strategies for providers to encourage? women to continue breastfeeding? Yeah, I think there's always a nice uh, pep talk about the importance of breastfeeding and the health benefits and the cost benefits. 
Uh, and I, so I think most pediatricians are going to be champions, but I think it's really putting the rubber to the road. And this is where we have an area of opportunity is how can we support them through our offices better? I mean, ideally people are going to their pediatric offices regularly. They're calling their pediatric nurses for help. So, but for some reason, historically, there's been a disconnect with teaching those staff members how to help actually answer the direct questions and help a mom, support a mom through her breastfeeding journey with basically simple questions related to the breastfeeding process that they can help with. Instead, we sort of shunt those off to the lactation consultants who are amazing experts, but unfortunately, we haven't developed that system well enough and we haven't developed reimbursement and we haven't put the resources into that group of women to have them be as available and accessible as they could be to the office. So I think the discussion is very helpful, but I think what would be more important is that we actually provide the helpful tips, tools, services, and are a uh, access point that moms can go to, to, to get their direct breastfeeding questions answered. When I read the call to action, I noticed workplace was cited as a barrier. Most people's workplace has changed, but for healthcare workers, most of them are still coming to the healthcare center. What do you think are the unique challenges for healthcare workers right now who are trying to pump at work? In general, I think breastfeeding and I, mean, I think pumping at work has its own barriers as it's not really, I think, a consistent process and your comfort with doing it has a lot to do with your coworkers' acceptance of your situation. Um, and I, I can't even imagine trying to pump when you're donning full PPE and you're taking care of a COVID unit. I think the COVID-19 situation has impacted the hospital in so many ways. There's a lot of fear and there's fear for moms, definitely pregnant moms, you know, because of the uncertainty of the impact of COVID on the fetus and the newborn. Yeah, I was just wondering if you have any suggestions for workers right now, because as you know, if you're not pumping pumping and you're working 12 plus hours, you're going to lose your milk supply if you don't pump. So just curious what your thoughts were. I think I think the thoughts would be to just you'd have to be dedicated for it. And unfortunately, in a lot of our, our um, workplaces, you have to advocate. So just making it a priority, being clear with your uh, leadership, and there is legislation to back moms up, and then you'll just, be, everyone is uh, stressed and on edge, so I think it would have to just be being an advocate for yourself and your baby, realizing you're doing the right thing, regardless of any responses you might be getting from someone else. So the statistics suggest a high percentage of women across the board want to breastfeed. So what do you think is a couple of the biggest barriers. Why at six months do so many people have already stopped? I think we have not come far enough, similar to the multiple action items in the Surgeon General's call to action, which we have not implemented. I feel that it should be a very supported process from all levels and an expected process. And I think normalizing breastfeeding within our culture and community so it's more of the expectation versus the exception to the rule in the workplace would go a long way towards making it a standard part of our daily general workplace process. I know when I, when, uh, after I returned to work from having children and was pumping, I really felt the conflict between taking care of patients and taking care of myself and my child. Like that was a very, frankly, a big stressor for me coming back to work in the healthcare profession. I would agree. I, when I had my first child, I was a resident and it was in the late nineties and 
most people did not pump at work at that time because the workflow of the day didn't support it. You know, you it, it because it it wasn't a part of the norm, and I just don't think that we as a workplace value the importance of breastfeeding the children of the next generation. We're more looking at, I think, the short-term gains versus the long-term gains. Like, you know, how can I get the throughput of this patient in front of me? Or um, you're not set up with the necessarily the understanding and support of all of your coworkers. It has to be sort of a rallying cry that breastfeeding your children has such incredible long-term benefits that we need to support it. So we get caught, I think we get caught up more in the short term than the long term. So yeah, I mean, I was also dealing with the immediate needs of the patient in front of me. But if you built your system in such a way that that was unacceptable, and that we prioritized breastfeeding, recognizing the incredible impact, we could have some long term success. I just don't think we have as a culture prioritized it to the level that it needs to be prioritized. Do you think building more lactation rooms in hospitals is the answer? Or what, what would you suggest at the hospital setting? I think that would help. I think it would make it more visible. And I think it would make it more comfortable. Because as we know, there probably at, at certain times, there's not a, enough space. The room is being used. We have a lot of people clumping in their offices. And please don't open the door. And I think the more you see, we would see breastfeeding, the more it would be supported, the more there it was prioritized with supplies and resources, I think it would elevate the uh, everyone seeing it. It's almost like a hidden, hidden situation right now. Similar to breastfeeding in public, you know, poor moms are, you know, sitting in bathrooms and pumping and breastfeeding, right? It, it, I think it's a symptom of how prioritized it is. Rachel, a healthcare worker and mother of two, further outlines the challenges she faces while trying to pump in the hospital setting. Rachel, what are some of the challenges you have had as you try to pump in the hospital setting? So, you know, finding the space and then also finding privacy. Another big challenge is just feeling judged sometimes by people, you know, thinking, oh, you know, you're just taking extra breaks or so you kind of feel rushed because you don't want people to think that you're trying to get out of work and you want to make sure that that your work is covered. You don't want to leave people high and dry either, but it's something that you have to do. And then also there have been times where I've been at work and I forgot a pumping part. And the one day I called around, you know, I called different places in the hospital pharmacies and nobody had anything. So I had to drive all the way home, which for me is about 35 minutes and grab my pumping parts and then go back to work. So those have all been challenges. Especially when I, when I first came back from maternity leave, it's kind of like a taboo thing. But eventually, you know, that, that didn't last too long and everybody knew when I needed to go. I just let them, you know, know the times I would go over lunch and then I would go in the afternoon. And again, that can be very challenging if you're really busy at those times, but you, you have to go. I mean, there were times where I had to hold off or where I only pumped once and then it was very uncomfortable and I would get block ducts by the time I got home. And so that was very challenging and, you know, painful and not good for me or for my baby or anything. So, so it sounds like you kind of feel you feel torn between patient care and ultimately taking care of yourself. Yes, I, you got to You know, I want to take care of myself and you know, pump milk for my baby. But I also want to make sure that the patients are getting the care that they need and then making sure that my coworkers are also supported and that we're all, 
working together to get the best patient care that we can give. So it's challenging. The ideal situation or scenario, what would it be for you? What would be the best case scenario in terms of things that work that would help you do your job, but also be able to pump one or two times during your shift? I would say having more pumping rooms available that were private with, you know, running water with a sink somewhere clean to clean everything in privacy, a locked door. Also, maybe, I don't know, maybe having more coverage. That's kind of difficult, but, you know, maybe just because then you don't feel so rushed, you don't feel so stressed out about doing it. If you have someone who could cover you for 30 minutes while you were gone. And then I think just a general awareness of how much, you know, work pumping and everything is. How much time does it take you to pump? Pumping takes me anywhere between 20 to 25 minutes, but then you have five minutes walking there, five minutes walking back, and then washing everything. So probably 45 minutes. Yeah, I've talked to people who've pumped in their pumped in their cars, tried to pump in showers and locker rooms, empty offices. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And it's just not, you don't, like I said, you don't, you know, if you don't have a door that locks, you don't feel secure, you don't feel safe or, you know, your privacy could be violated at any moment. I mean, there's nothing you can do because you have to pump in your car. I have, I haven't actually had to do that while I was at work, but I have done that in the past. And that's challenging because it isn't as, the electricity, you know, it isn't as strong and you have to have the cover up. It's just very awkward. It's just very, very awkward. And then especially if you're parking in a parking ramp and people are walking by, it's just, it's kind of embarrassing and it's, it's awkward. And what are some of the, you had mentioned you had um, uh, forgotten equipment that you needed. What parts or what equipment would be helpful if the gift shop sold them or the maternity wards had them or the pharmacies? I would say probably all of the, all of the parts, except the, obviously the actual pump, but mostly um, the little white tabs. Um, I think they're called membranes. Yeah. Those, because Again, I would I usually kept extra ones in my bag, but if someone had forgotten those, you can't you literally can't pump without them or if they break, you can't pump without them. And if any part of the pump is missing, it doesn't work. You know, one idea we had talked about and this is coming more from public spaces like stadiums where they have these lactation lounges where it's women only, you just go in, pump or breastfeed at the and just leave. What do you think that would work in the healthcare setting to have a space where women can just go where it's not individual rooms? I think that'd be fine. Um, I actually did that a few years back when I was at the state fair. It was fine. Yeah, it was all just women and, you know, we're all in the same, we're all in this together. So I didn't have a problem with that. And I think that would be helpful because you could, you wouldn't need to have so many rooms set up. You could have, you know, a couple sinks and then a big room and a bunch of comfortable chairs or something. Because that might help. It seems like everybody kind of has these natural breaks in healthcare at the same time where they're turning over patient rooms or there's lunch breaks. And so we we seem to have these big crowds, if you will, who need to access it at the same time, predictably every day. Yes. Yep. And I think that would really help with that problem. What advice would you give a mom who's coming back from maternity leave who wants who wants to breastfeed her baby and pump at work? One of the advice I would give is if you have extra parts, bring them with you and leave them at work if you can. If you have an extra pump and extra parts, which is what I, you know, probably should have done, trying to find all of these things once you have two children isn't easy. Um, but, you know, if you had that and just would leave it at work, that would be helpful. And then I guess just kind of planning ahead and 
you know, making sure that your coworkers are aware of, of that you're going to be doing this and telling them the kind of the, how many times a day you're going to do it and approximately what time and just making sure you have good open communication with them. And just that we all really need to advocate for ourselves and make sure that we are taking the time to take care of ourselves so we don't have issues. Because I never got mastitis from my block ducts, but I know a lot of people have, and that can end up being serious. So that, I mean, it is really something, it's, it's about taking care of yourself and taking care of your baby. And, you know, family is very important. I mean, so obviously our careers are too, but we have to think about ourselves and our family too. We can't, we can't work if we're not well. So I think we need to make sure that we have more spaces available for women that have privacy and sinks and where women can feel safe. And I think we also need to, you know, like I said, just work on advocating for ourselves to try to get rid of the stigma around, around pumping at work and, and knowing that this is something that we need to do to take care of ourselves and not just, you know, a longer break that we're taking and trying to get out of work. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scope MD. The goal of this episode is to bring awareness to the importance of breastfeeding and the current barriers women in healthcare face when they try to pump at work. So let's support moms coming back to work for maternity leave, and let's support those mothers who are trying to pump in the healthcare setting. See the show notes for multiple online breastfeeding resources. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an upcoming episode.